0: Welcome to Lawson Insight. I'm Mark Fancourt-Smith, a litigation partner located in Lawson-Lundell's Vancouver office.
1: And I'm Alexandra Stoichev, an associate in the firm's commercial litigation and dispute resolution group based in the Calgary office. Thank you for joining us on Lawson Insight, brought to you by Lawson-Lundell LLP. On this episode, we will be speaking with labour, employment and human rights partner Ritu Mayhill on her recent blog post titled, Can You Fire a Rider?
0: Maybe... Ritu is based in our Vancouver office and is an experienced negotiator, mediator, and skilled litigator with a proven track record appearing at arbitration hearings at the BC Labor Relations Board and all levels of court. She is also former vice chair of the BC Labor Relations Board. Ritu, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Ritu, yeah, thank you for joining us today. As... No doubt, most people are aware by now, on January 6th, the group of rioters stormed the US Capitol and a great deal of what happened was captured on video and broadcast over the news, including the identities of a number of the rioters. And while of course this happened in the US, Canadian lawyers and courts regularly deal with issues surrounding what to do when an employee engages in off-duty conduct that reflects poorly on the organization. And Ritu, uh, we thought this was a good opportunity to have you on today to talk about what an employer can do if they turn on the TV and recognize their employee, or perhaps they're uh, alerted to the fact that it's an employee by someone else who is on TV breaking the law or engaging in otherwise socially unacceptable behavior?
2: Thanks. It's a, it's a really interesting issue and it's sparked a bunch of um, uh, questions and conversations from employer clients saying, look, if I turned on the TV and I can recognize an employee of mine or an associate of mine, um, and there they are. They're storming the capital or they're looting the downtown bay in Vancouver or, or whatever it is, because you know, everyone's got a camera, everyone has uh, a recording device on them. Uh, what can I do? Can I do anything about it? And I give the typical lawyer answer of, it depends. Any employer can terminate an employee in a non-unionized context, as long as you provide reasonable notice and provide adequate severance. Situations where employers are able to terminate employee for cause. Does, when you turn on the TV and you see your employee engaging in an illegal or disreputable act, does that give you cause to terminate employee to the point where you do not have to pay severance or provide them reasonable notice and you can terminate their employment? What we look at is what is the legal test for off duty conduct that meets cause in these situations? And it's a four part test. Uh, one, does it harm their, the company's reputation or the product? Or does it um, render the employee unable to perform his or her duty satisfactorily? So it, it could be the face of the company um you know are they engaging in something that is directly opposed to uh the platform uh, or the marketing strategy of the company or three does it lead to does it, somebody else looking at this would it lead to their refusal or reluctance or their inability to work with either the company generally or that employee um one-on-one like if it's disgusting enough do they just say that's it i'm not going to deal with them anymore i'm not going to call them for um you know uh, whatever they were using them for, and four would it make the Would it make it difficult for the company to properly carry out its function of efficiently managing its work and efficiently directing its workforce? So that's the four-part test.
0: Quick question on, on the third point you mentioned, which was: um, Would someone seeing the employee doing what they're doing find it difficult to to work with them? Is that a question both for? potentially customers of the company, but also other employees within the company?
2: Yeah, what the courts look at and and labor arbitrators is the test is the reasonable and fair-minded person. Would it find that the off-duty conduct had a real and material connection to the employer? Can you go back to work the next day and um, continue to rent out cars or sell suits to your customers when, you know, you're smashing and, you know, you've been seen on TV smashing into a store and spray painting things. Are you representing the company in that point and you're identified? Does everyone else who works with you, does it make it difficult for your employer to
1: continue that work with you? And I guess to follow up on that point, it may then make a difference what role the person has. So, for example, if they are um, a teacher versus if they're someone who um, you know is is working in the back room of a storage company or something like that, there may be different expectations about how they conduct themselves publicly in that respect.
2: Yeah, sometimes um, obviously teachers, uh, nurses, lawyers, doctors—we all have um, you know there's a lot of professional conduct uh, uh, issues and, and codes of conduct that come into play. But um, there's a couple of cases. Recently, in the last few years, there were um, Burger King employees, (laughs) one employee in particular had posted a picture of himself on Instagram, um, lying naked on a bunch of hamburger buns. And that photo went viral. Uh, And that's not a CEO or the marketing director of the company. He is a minimum wage employee, Um, but clearly identifying where he is wearing the little crown lying on the buns. Um, then there were Domino's pizza employees and Taco Bell employees engaging in pretty disgusting acts with food that we don't need to get into. But these are extreme examples, but they raise questions of what can employers do to curtail their employees' online activities. And a question that I often get from employers is, how can you control the content of what employees are doing when they're away from the workplace? So um, that brings me back, Alex, when you were talking about, you know, the riot at the, at the U.S. Capitol. Um, so, you know, there's mechanics of a social media policy, reasons for having one. Um, and what do you do if there's a breach?
0: I read you just picking up on something uh, from your previous answer is what goes into a social media policy and, and what specifically are social media policies trying to accomplish?
2: Yeah, a social media policy also can be, you know, I've seen employers call it a social networking policy. It's a corporate code of conduct that provides guidelines for employees posting content on the Internet, both um, during and after work hours. So it's regulating what they can and can't do, what they can post online when they are representing the company or going to be associated with the company. Uh, And by social media, of course, we mean Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, blogs, um, you name it. If you are using your real name, your real face, then you can be governed by your employer's social media policy.
1: I'm wondering if you can just walk us through some of the key reasons why an employer might want to have a social media policy and what would go into it.
2: Okay, first and foremost, it is the um, protecting the reputation. Of the company, the corporation, the individual that the employee works for. Secondly, it's controlling the online and social media presence. Employers don't want to spend all the money that they do ensuring that their marketing teams craft the specific online presence only to have that overtaken by the posts or tweets of their employees. So controlling your online presence on social media is a really key issue. Three, I'd say Ensuring productivity in the workplace—that's an easy one. You know, I have to throw this in there as a labor and employment law uh, to help you establish just cause for breach of the social media policy that you have brought to the attention of your employees. So, employee conduct that justifies discipline or discharge using—you know—when it uses internet, email, cell phones, um, off-duty conduct that involves social media posts, and making sure that the employees are aware of it and making sure that uh, they're aware of the consequences of breaching those policies.
0: Just a, a quick question is how far can a social media policy reach? And it sort of, it occurred to me when you were mentioning that, you know, identification of the employee with the employer is key. Um, and sometimes that's easier than others, The the Burger King employee wearing the crown bit of a giveaway. But say, for example, uh, I decide to dress up in costume, storm the art gallery. There's nothing intrinsic to what I'm doing or, or my appearance or anything else in perhaps the social media posts that I documented myself doing it that identifies me as Lawson Lundell. But put another way, does it matter who identifies you or how you are identified for the connection with an employer to be made?
2: Someone can take your picture doing anything at any time. There is really no expectation of privacy when there's social media involved. So whether you're taking it, posting it, whether your friends taking it, whether somebody—if you are dressing up and you're going out in public and you're doing something—and someone says, "Hey, that's Mark from Loslandell. I know him." Um, that's all it takes, and then all of a sudden, someone starts to forward that email or that tweet or post, and everyone can see it. And, you know, it's not just your name, it's this is Mark from Los Lindell. All it takes is one person to identify what you're doing. And then one client of the firm or of the employer of the company you work for, whatever it is, uh, to say to, you know, your higher ups, I found that really offensive. Um, you know, I, I know this person. You know, they, I, I deal with them all the time. It says you're a receptionist at your car rental company, and now I feel, um, you know, intimidated or um, less likely to come in there. That's really all it takes. That you know, again, the number one test is how does this harm the company's reputation or product. And if you're going to dress up, protest, go out there, make a public stance, you can expect to have your picture out there. And once it's out there, um, then it's out there.
0: So, Rita, let me ask you this. Let's say that uh, despite the best laid plans and the best draft social media policy, uh, an employee nonetheless goes out, does something egregious, something visible um, clearly in breach of the policy itself, but then you've got a, a publicity firestorm engulfing the company, then what?
2: Uh, I'm very lucky to work with a great team of people. So what I would do is I would call Alex or I would call Jenny Buchanan and say, all right, I've got myself, I got my, you know, I've got a client in, um, uh, that needs your expertise and, um, we need a marketing strategy and we need a communications plan and we need someone to be the point person
1: on this and we need your direction. So I would call one of the two of those. And Ritu, that's really kind of you to say. And uh, I think in part why Ritu's saying that is uh, she's giving me an, a kind plug for a recent presentation that Jenny Buchanan and I did called uh, Responding to a Crisis, Managing Your Legal Obligations and Developing an Effective Media Strategy. Um, and to continue that shameless plug, that's available on uh, Lawson-Lundell's website on demand. But some of the key points that um, an employer will want to make sure is that there's a, a clear chain of command and a clear media spokesperson in place in case something like this does happen. Um, and of course, considering hiring a PR firm to assist with uh, a response, particularly if it's a really serious incident. Um, and also, finally, ensuring that external counsel are aware of any sort of key or hot button communications issues that this viral post raises for your organization. And, and in particular, ensuring that they know what your organization's um, uh, media strategy is around those, just so that they can ensure that um, when they're drafting materials or appearing in court, uh, that what they say is really aligned with what's in that policy.
0: I actually don't have anything of my own to plug. So I'll close here and say thank you very much, Ritu, for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thanks, guys, for having me. It was really fun to, to do this. It was really great to have you on. For more information, please visit our website at lawsonlundell.com. You can also stay up to date by connecting with us on social media using the handle at Lawson and by subscribing to the podcast on Apple, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.